Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wow. What a victory. That Jesus is one. Death could not hold him down. Of course not. He was the very creator of the universe. How could he ever be held down? How can we ever be held down? We're the children of the living God. Please be seated in Christ. What a place to be seated in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. Good to hear a sound of victory in the camp today. Not so many out today because of the rain. That's all right. Can the Lord save? Still save? Yeah, He'll save by many or few. Gideon had 32,000 men, got down to 10,000, still too many, down to 300. And won a mighty victory against hundreds of thousands. One man in God is a majority. One woman in God is a majority. Praise God. I'm excited about today. Last week we heard uh, it's Mission Impossible. No, it's Mission Possible. It's not impossible. We want to make it possible today. We're not going to talk so much about the mission. We want to see a, a shift in this house today to make the mission possible out there. Because that's where we're on a mission. We, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Make the disciples of all nations, uh, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And that we're on a mission from heaven. Those of us who have been there and seen that our Father has seated us there. And those of us who have been blessed from heaven itself. Glory to God. So I want to see a shift today. If you're here for the first time today, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord of your life. The one that we're singing about here, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. We'll talk about that a little bit. But then for everybody here today, we also want to give you an op opportunity at the end of the end. We're going to be ministering to you and we expect uh, God to move in the congregation today. And you're going to step forward. I want to speak a Father's blessing over you. That'll be it later on in the service. So be prepared for that. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Father, we honor you. Lord, we honor you. You're here, leading guide by your Spirit. Uh, just overruled by the words I speak. Touch hearts here today, Lord. You are the good shepherd. You are the great physician. You're the one who goes through and effectively does your work. You're here, head of the church, and we honor you. You're the king of our lives, Lord of our lives. We honor you, Jesus. Have your way. You're welcome here. And we acknowledge your presence this morning and the presence of your Spirit, O God. Why do a tapu of the living God flow through this place we play, pray? Exalt Jesus in every heart and every life we pray today. Thank you, Father. Amen. <clears throat> Last week we heard about two rich men. One of them was very small. One of them was, was quite probably big in his own eyes. But he was earnestly came to Jesus, but he went away very sad. He came to inherit eternal life and had the Lord told him it would cost him 100000 he would have happily paid it. But the other man, a very small man, Zacchaeus, he climbed up in a tree and, and then he was earnest about seeing Jesus and, and Jesus came along and he saw him. He thought he might have been hidden, but Jesus saw him and went to be guest at his house. A man that was despised in the community, a tax collector, but he was a, a small man. And God is interested in small people as well as big. <laughs> so you're not going to miss out. When I was young... Very young on the farm, and we had a sandpit. And we, I used to play, build, me and my brothers, we had, well, I was one of five boys, we built sand castles, and we used to play king of the castle. And we'd try and build a sand castle, and we'd stand on top, and the others would try and push you off. And everybody wants to be king of the castle. Isn't that right out there in the world today? Sometimes I wonder if we've really grown up. 
well, you know, we get businesses and we get companies and, and then suddenly someone wants the biggest building in the world, you know, king of the castle. That's what I was like, naturally. Wanted to be the best, best. Wanted to be the king of the castle. That's something that's in us. It's not necessarily a good thing that's in us. Someone wanted to usurp God's authority once. He wanted to raise himself up and be higher than God. Yeah, we won't talk about him. A few years ago at work, we did a test um, just to see where our giftings and so forth, was, so forth was. And I came up as a very high driver in that test. Very, very strong driver, you know. And so that's, that's part of what God's gifted me with. But it also needs to be tempered at times. See, my gift, my, my gift, one of my gifts is exhortation. I encourage the church, build people up, get them enthusiastic. I'm a driver. That's good. But my mission, well, first of all, my name is actually Paul. And it's actually good that I've got a name Paul because it means small. And God has to keep me humble and small in my own eyes, not to raise myself and exalt myself up. Mind you, that's the same for each one of us. And I'm glad I've been named Paul because everyone, every time someone says Paul, they're speaking over you small and reminding me to keep small in my own eyes in Christ to be very big. For my mission that I am on is not to exalt myself but my Lord and then my family, to exalt and build up my wife, my team here at Excite, my church to, to uh, encourage the church, my community and ultimately the nation that I live in, this nation of Aotearoa. That's the mission uh, that we're on. But that's for all of us too. But we must be small in our own mind as far as when it comes to self. The Lord must be very large before us. Yes. You know... Um, Years ago, before we had computer and that at work and that, and we, uh, we got zero now for all our companies' uh, taxes and, and receipts and that, I used to keep a cash book for many years. And uh, some people were smiling here, some of the younger ones, no, the, old, uh, the more mature ones. And uh, there were all these rows, red pen, blue pen, income, expenses, all these different rows in this cash book. You had to add it all up on the calculator. And then you had to add it the opposite way across, and it had to balance. And if it was one cent out, the books wouldn't balance. And you'd have to start adding all over again and find out where was the mistake. Had you written a number down wrong? What a painful experience. Thankfully, the computer does it now. Praise God. Awesome. So you had to reconcile the books. What is, what is reconciliation? It's, a, it's an accounting process that compares two sets of records also and checks that the figures are correct and in agreement. Yeah? What about our books with God? Yeah, have they been reconciled? You know, when I was, um, when I was younger, think about a seesaw then. For some, uh, some other people, have you ever been on a seesaw when you're a young kid? Yeah, and uh, you put a kid on one end, and then when your dad, you sit on the other end, and it's very easy to make the uh, lift the little child up. You know, you jump off when you're both the same weight. You jump, the other person jumps, and the seesaw goes rockety rock. It's a lot of fun. Ian and I do this often. No, we don't. Um, <laughs> but what I mean is, if you got a heavy person like dad on the other end, the poor little kid can be up in the air, and it's not balanced, and their feet they they can jump and kick with their feet, and they go nowhere. And that's sometimes like that, us in life, isn't it? Do you know, 
The Bible tells us that we have fallen short. Our Heavenly Father is so glorious. He's so great and mighty and powerful. He's so pure. He's so holy. But we, His creation, have fallen short of His glory. The books are not balanced. The seesaw is not uh, balanced in that regard. It was not balanced, I should say. And today I want to speak about reconciliation from 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 14 and 15 to start with. And how I want to explain to you that God has balanced the books. But before we do, we'll read in verse 14. It says, for the love of God compels us. Now I want to speak about the love of God as it shone forth in our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to speak about the gospel today. You know our Father loved us that much, even though we'd fallen short of His glory and all had sinned or, and fallen short of His glory. We'd become self-centered creatures. Even though that was the case, our Father was not angry with us. And what He has done really compels us, the love of Christ. What did God do? He sent His Son to be our Savior. He sent His Son down to balance the books, as it were, to pay the price of our sin. Jesus became a man. God, the one who was the creator of all things, in the person of Jesus, knew what it was to experience hunger. He knew what it was to thirst. On the cross, He said, I thirst. He knew what it was to get tired. He was asleep in the boat. He, he, he knew what it was to mourn. He went through great affliction. He chose to experience what it was like down here so that He could be one who could lift us up and help us in time of need. But more than that, He knew what it was to go to the cross and take all our sin so that the Father could give us all of His righteousness. Do you know what they did to Jesus? They hated Him without a cause. He was a beautiful man. He was very humble. He, they, the, the Jews were looking for a great king, someone, someone who would come in all pomp and glory. And yet Jesus wasn't born in, in the palace. He was laid in a manger. I believe he was born out in the field, in the open field, and laid in a feeding trough, a manger. Never mind the pictures that you've seen. But, and, he, and it says prophetically in the Old Testament, you are he that brought me out of the womb. His midwife was God himself. You have made me to hope when I was upon my mother's breast. That's prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ. But men took him and did their worth to him. They hated him. They would not have him to reign over them. They tied him to a whipping post. His hands to a whipping post. They tore the flesh from off his back. They did their worst to him. And you know what? They didn't need the rope to hold his hands there. He would have held on to that rope for you. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquity. For your selfishness is what killed the Lord. It was my sin. Yours and my selfishness that killed our Lord. But he would have held on to that post for me. He didn't need the ropes to bind his hands there. Such is the love of God and the love of Christ that constrains us. Glory to his name. Wow. The love of Christ, it compels us. It constrains us. He had power to lay down his life. He said, no one takes my life from me. I have power to lay it down. I have power to take it again. And he did exactly that. He was the seed that fell into the ground. Have you ever, have you ever planted a seed in the, in, the, in the dirt and watched the power of that plant as it comes up? And the shoot comes through the soil. The dirt cannot keep it down. That was like Jesus going into the grave. 
How could the dirt hold him down, the one who holds the dirt together? It couldn't hold him down. He went into death and he defeated our, our enemy. He went right down to hell as it were and defeated the arch enemy of our souls. The Bible says that through death, he destroyed him that had the power of death and delivered our, uh, those who, he did, delivered us who through fear of death were all our lifetime subject to bondage. Are you subject to bondage and fear in any area of your life today, my brother or sister? Are you subject to bondage and fear uh, if you've come in here for the first time and you don't know the Lord, are you worried about what God, your heavenly Father, the creator of the universe, thinks of you? And what is His attitude going to be towards you? The love of Christ compels us. The gospel is a wonderful thing. Jesus has been raised up. Death didn't hold Him. When He rose, all His friends were raised up with Him. We read the account in the Bible of how that the graves were opened and then when he came out of the grave, all his friends came out with him. Old Testament saints, they were found walking around the holy city, Jerusalem. The grave won't hold us. Glory to God. Circumstances won't keep the believer down, the believer in Christ. I wonder if you know him today. I just want to share with you that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but would have everlasting life, eternal life. The life of His Son. Perfect righteousness given, perfect life, a life that goes on eternally, can be yours right now today. We'll just take this moment just to offer that out. For anyone who says, yes, I want that life, as we bow our heads just right now, we just want to give an opportunity to anyone who does not yet know the Lord Jesus. Jesus has gone through so much in order that we might be saved. Our Father loves us and He sent His Son to be our Savior. And what am I going to do with Jesus? Am I going to receive Him as my Lord? Or am I going to be like those that said, away with Him, crucify Him? We will not have this man to reign over us. He wants to come in and reign over your life and to bring blessing into your life, all the blessing from the Father. If there's anyone here who wants to receive the Lord Jesus today, please put your hand up. Is there anybody here who has not yet made Jesus Lord of their life? And I give you the opportunity now. Praise God for salvation. Thank you, Father. Okay, we've just got to make an opportunity there to share the gospel. God has done everything in His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, and His love uh, compels us, constrains us. The wonderful thing for those of us who have received salvation is that we have been set free from the bondage of sin. That's the wonderful thing. The Bible says that if the Son sets you free, you're free indeed. Praise His name. You don't need to wait until you die to be set free. Otherwise, it would be death that sets you free from sin. The Son has set you free from sickness. He's given you healing. He's given you wholeness. He's given you blessing. You don't have to wait. It's not death that does that. It's God Himself that gives us the blessing. So let's read through 1 Corinthians 5 and 14. For the love of Christ compels us, because we judge thus, that if one died for all, that is Jesus, then all died. As far as God's concerned, when, he, when Christ was crucified and when He was there on the cross, God judged the sin of all humanity, and in God's mind, all are dead. They've all been judged, dead in their sin, judged by God. 
And verse 15, he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves. Jesus not only died. Yes, when he died, I died. When he was buried, I was buried. But when he rose, I'm his friend. I came out of the grave with him. Glory to God. If you're a believer in Christ today, that's what happened. You were raised with Christ when he came out of the grave. And he died for all that those who live, those who are in excite, believers in Jesus who live should no longer live for themselves, live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. That would only just be right, wouldn't it? That if someone redeemed me, gave his whole life for me, brought the Father's love, gave, clothed me with the perfect righteousness of our Heavenly Father, that we should no longer live for ourselves, but for Him. See, the self-life, the self-life, living for myself, that has been judged and crucified there at the cross. You've got to see that. Accounted by faith to be so, and let the old self go. Yeah? Amen. I've got two points today that I want to put across to you first that I feel the Lord has put on my heart. To make the mission possible of going out into all the world, to seeing Northland transformed, first we've got to realize what is the message. The first point is, and, and you can write this down, God has balanced our bank account. Have you ever been overdrawn? You ever had a deficit? What about if you had millions of dollars of deficit? Well, with God, we were overdrawn. We had fallen well short. But the first thing is, God has balanced our bank account. Love does this. God so loved us, He sent His Son, you could say, to balance our bank account, to, to make up the deficit that we had. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now, all things are of God. Did you know that? When you're made new in Christ, everything in your life is all of God. It's not of self anymore. Yeah, for the one that is in Christ, abiding in Him, the vine. Now, all things are of God who has reconciled us to Himself. God's balanced our bank account through sending His Son. He's made the books balance. If I tried to make it balance and let my good deeds outweigh the bad, I'd be there for a million years and I wouldn't have made any progress. But He's done it all in, in His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God for that. I am so thankful that God has balanced my bank account with Him. And more than that, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us, given us what? The ministry. We're on a mission and we have a ministry. And it's a mission that is possible because he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. We go out not to tell people you're a, you're a sinner and God is angry with you and you need to repent. No, we go out on a mission to say, do you know what? There's some good news here. God, your heavenly Father, the one who created you and has so much plans for your life, has actually balanced your bank account. You don't need to stay uh, away from Him any longer. He has reconciled you to Himself. Verse 19, that is, God was in Christ reconciling the world. That's the whole world to Himself. Not 
imputing their trespasses to them. He's not going to credit your sin to you. He's going to take it all, and he's laid it all and credited it to Jesus. And now Jesus' perfect righteousness has been credited to you. That is pretty good news. And that's the news we need to take out to people. A message of life and light and love of all that the Heavenly Father has done and all that He wants because He loves the world. A world that He sees headed up with His Son at the head, the King and Lord of all glory. And He's committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, verse 20, Now then, we are our ambassadors for Christ, heaven's ambassadors. And we're sent out, you see, as though God were pleading through us. This is a message we take out. Come on, you guys. Come back to God. He's pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Why would you stay away? God wants to bless you. He wants to bless your life. Don't feel less than. God is not angry with you. He's a loving Father. He wants, man, He wants to give you the, the best job. He wants you to give you the best marriage. He wants you to give the, your children, and He wants to bless them, and He's got a, a plan for their future. He, he wants to bless you in all areas of life. For He made Him, that's Jesus, who knew no sin, He knew no selfishness, because he came from a place where selfishness does not exist. It wasn't earth, by the way. Just to put that right, he didn't come from earth. He was from heaven. The second man, the Lord from heaven. A place where, where there was only love. And love desires the highest good of another. And because he came from that place, he became sin for us so that we could have the good of heaven. Yeah? He knew no sin, but he was made sin for us that we might become or be made the righteousness of God in him. My brother and sister, you are made the righteousness of God in Christ. You are made the perfect righteousness of God in Christ. You need not stay away. You need not feel as though you've failed. So often there is an arch enemy of our souls that whispers in our ear, oh, you've done this, you've had an argument with the husband or the wife, or you've got annoyed with the kids and you shouldn't have spoke that out to your children in anger. And he says, you've failed. And suddenly we try and make amends. But I want to tell you that God gives us freely his perfect righteousness. You are complete in him. You are made whole. God has balanced the books for us. Yes. And he's given us the word of reconciliation because he is longing and yearning to have many children, many sons coming into glory. That all men should come to him and receive his blessing and his favor. Oh, Ephesians 1 verse 3 to 6. Blessed, so that's the first point. You got that. God has balanced the, our bank account, yeah? Praise God. Good to have a balanced account. But there's more. Ephesians 1, verse 3 to 6. And this is the second point. Not only has he balanced the bank account, but he has given us a huge credit. There has been a large deposit put into your account. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. What a deposit into our account. In heavenly places, this is heaven's account. Thankfully, it's not the ASB or the BNZ or Westpac or ANZ. It's heaven's bank account. Wow. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ just as He chose us in Him uh, yesterday. No, before the foundation of the world. This is what he always intended, to bless you. And he's made a deposit into your account. And you can draw down on it when you're ready. And I hope you'll do that today. Why? That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Yes, he did that. He planned it all before the, the world began. 
And you are holy, and you are without blame before Him in love because He's constituted you so. Not because you stop sinning, because that's what He's constituted you so. And now you can come to Him, not feeling less than, but feeling more than. Confident of your Father's love. He's proved His love. He's proved His love. Look at Jesus. Jesus brought the love of the Father. One of the disciples said, show us the Father and we'll be happy. Well, he said, hang on a minute, Philip, haven't you, you've seen me, haven't you? If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What are you talking about? And this is according to the good pleasure of His will. That's God's will. Uh, so verse 5, having predestinated us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to Himself. He did it all. He wanted sons. And He wanted those sons to have an inheritance. That's why he put such a big deposit into your heavenly bank account. He loves his kids. Just like he says in Proverbs, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children. Well, our God's good. He's not a man. He's our God, but he's good. So um, he's predestinated us to the adoption of sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. See, God does things according to what God wants. He's not relying on your will to see you blessed. There's a gospel out there that preaches, you make the right choice and you'll either go to hell or you go to heaven, but it's your choice. No, no, this is the gospel of the good news of what God does and He works everything according to the counsel of His own will and this is His will. Glory to God. He wants Fanu. He wants you in His family and He wants you blessed in His family. Glory to God. That's the truth. To the praise of the glory of His grace. God's riches at Christ's expense. Amazing grace that the hymn writer sung about. By which He made us accepted in the beloved. You're totally accepted with God. You have acceptance in Jesus, His beloved Son. Wow, what good news. What an inheritance. What blessing. God has given us, He's not only balanced the books, He's given us a huge credit in our account. He's given us an inheritance. We're heirs of God and we're joint heirs with Christ. He died, we, we cleaned up on the will. See, when you have a will written, you don't get the will paid out until someone dies. But we've got the inheritance because one has died and we're cleaning up. It's huge. It's zillions of dollars. It's more than that. It's every spiritual blessing. Glory to God. Does anybody want any of this? Come on now. There must be someone here that wants the blessing of our Father because He loves you. He cares for you. See, sin is not your inheritance. The Word says if you sin, you are a slave to sin. But then it also says that he that the Son sets free is free indeed. You don't inherit sin from God. You inherit freedom, life, and glory. Romans 5 verse 10 says, For if when we were enemies with, uh, if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God, we, were, we had our backs, I had my back, when I was younger, I had my back turned to the Lord. I was following my own way. I was very, very self-centered. The old Paul just wants what he wants. Not what God wants, not what my father wanted. And I didn't care too much about the damage that was done around me. But no, if when we were enemies, I was an enemy to the cross. But then, even while that happens, Jesus still died. God never came and said, Paul, do you want Jesus to die for you, being a naughty boy? 
I wasn't around 2,000 years ago. He did it for me. It was according to his will. For if when we're enemies, we're reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more, much more than that. That is a wonderful thing when you come to the cross and see that God has balanced the books, but that's not where the story ends. Much more. There's much more for you and there's much more for Northland. Having been reconciled, everything's balanced out. We're saved by his life because everything about him is given to us. And when you receive Jesus, you have life. The Bible says, he that has the Son of God has life. He that has not the Son of God hasn't got life. That inheritance is found in him. You can't take the blessing without the Son. That's why you have to turn from living from here to saying, Lord, you're Lord, and I'll take you, and I'll take what you want, and I'll, t- I'll go your way, and you are my shepherd. Yeah? This is great news. I know there's people here today that are going through uh, battles in their lives. There's, there's warfare. This world, Jesus said, in this world, you're going to have tribulation. We've already talked about tribulations this morning. And bad news that often comes upon a family or into our lives or into a business. There's no lack of tribulation in my life. In this world, you'll have tribulation. But I love David. David in the Old Testament, he, he wrote many of the wonderful Psalms and he communed with his Lord. And we just really appreciate the wealth of his relationship with the Lord. A beautiful Psalm like Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, This world is the valley of shadows. Death is all around us. There's need wherever we look. But God has an answer in Christ. And if you receive him, you're to go out and be the answer. You're to love and you're to value the highest good of others, not yourself. Yes, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Then you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I, I, I was communing with the Lord this week, and I was thinking of David, the very one who wrote this psalm. Remember when he took on Goliath? The Philistines were up on one side. Uh, Israel, the armies were up on the other side. There was a big valley in the middle. David gets the stones and his sling, and he goes down to fight the army. And I could see him. And he's running down towards Goliath and this big, great big Goliath coming down. And all of a sudden, Jesus stood between them and goes, David, stop. Come over here. I've got a table prepared. David, what about Goliath? No, no, stop here. Come and feed at my table for a minute. Don't worry about him. So David sits down. Suddenly, Goliath, about two feet, he could feel the breath of Goliath breathing down his neck. He looks at the Lord and the Lord says, don't worry. I want to commune with you. We've got a meeting here, right here in the presence of your adversary. And that's what God wants to do with you today. You're going through stuff in this world. There's questions in your life, and he wants a meeting with you. He wants a meeting with you. I'm not saying this happened. This is abstract. This is abstract. It might be abstract. I'm not saying it actually physically happened, but I'm bringing out a spiritual point here. David said, He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. No matter what we go through, we feed at the Lord's table. We receive the blessing from Him. He gives us strength. He becomes our food and our drink. And He allows us to be strong in no matter what circumstances we go through because we commune with Him. What matters more is our communion with Him than our, commu- than our, our, our focusing on the enemy. Yeah? David understood that. That's why he didn't need armor. He didn't need all the natural stuff to beat Goliath. He understood that. And that's a real blessing to us today, that God cares for us in that way. Oh, plus two, I'm over time. Just in closing, before I, I, I open up the front here, I want to say it's uh, possible to take back Northland back for God. But we need a message that is life-transforming and life-changing. And it's the message of reconciliation, that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto Himself. So we go out and we say, look, the work is done. It is finished. It is good news. Why would you stay away? We implore you in Christ's stead, be reconciled to God, to your Father. He's not against you. He is for you. Yeah. I will, um, I'll leave it there. I did have someone else I was going to share, but I'll share it another week. We must watch your time. Because I've got something else I want to do today. I want to speak the Father's blessing over you. And this isn't just for one or two in the congregation. This is for everybody. So I'm going to open up the front down here, and this blessing is for everybody. Some of us have had fathers that have been good. I was brought up in a Christian family. I turned my back on it when I was younger. But I had a good father. But there were things that were still lacking in my life. Some have had fathers that have spoken many negative things over them. Sometimes we've done that with our children. I've actually gone around my children just recently and individually and spoken the Father's blessing over each individual one. Because it was always in God's mind that we come into blessing, that He would be, uh, that we would, fathers on earth and a father of my children, that I would perfectly represent my heavenly father to my children. But sadly, I haven't always done that. And sometimes there's things that we have picked up along the way and hurts in our soul that need to be healed. And I believe that God wants me to call you forward, not only to bring about that healing and that forgiveness, but also to release a Father's blessing. So I want to do that. And I've got some books here too. Uh, uh, It's called The Awesome Power of Blessing, because I believe God is raising us up as a people that will go out and bless our community. Pop that up there. It's... um, A little book written by Richard Brunson, used to be part of Colmar Brunson, Brunson, sorry, Richard Brunson, not Brunson. So, yeah, that's what I feel God's got. I want to see something released. God wants to release something, a favour over your life that's not only just going to impact your life and bless you, it's going to bless our nation. It's going to be bless everyone that you come in contact with. So I'm just going to invite you forward now. This is for the elders. This is for the pastors. This is for everybody. The Father's blessing. And I'm going to speak a blessing over you. Come on forward. Awesome. The first thing I'm going to do, 
If you allow me, I'm going to stand in the footsteps of your earthly father. Because there's some things that your earthly father should have said in your ears when you were young and shared with you that maybe you didn't hear. So if you allow me to do that, I just want to speak as though I'm your earthly father. I want to speak into you, into your song. I don't want to say to you, I love you, my child. I love you. You are special. Oh, you're so special. You are a gift from God to me. I thank God that He allowed me to be a father to you. I love you. Oh, how I love you. And I'm so proud of you. I am so proud of you. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I ask you to forgive me. Please forgive me for all the things that I've said and done that have hurt you. And for the things I never did and the, and the words that I never said that you longed to hear from me. Will you forgive me? I ask your forgiveness. Will you forgive me? Will you forgive me? Yes, some people are saying yes. Will you forgive me? Yes, will you forgive me? Yes. Thank you. I break and cut off from you every curse that has followed you as a result of my sins, your mother's sins, the sins of your ancestors. I break and cut off those curses right now in Jesus' Name. I take authority over every... Thank you, Lord. I break off those curses. I want to I speak about your Heavenly Father's blessing over you too, but I want to bless you. I bless you with the healing. Now receive this. I bless you with the healing of all the wounds of the heart that you have suffered, especially the wound of rejection. In Jesus' name, I take authority over every spirit of rejection, every spirit of fear, the spirit of disappointment, the spirit of worthlessness. And I break the power of every cruel and unjust word spoken over your life. I break its power now in Jesus' Name. Every negative word, every cruel and unjust word, I break its power over your life right now in Jesus' Name. I bless you. I bless you with overflowing peace. The peace that only the Prince of Peace can give. I bless you with a life of fruitfulness, good fruit, abundant fruit, fruit that remains as you abide in Christ the vine. Oh, fruit. I bless your life with success. I break every limitation off you in Jesus' Name. You are the head and not the tail. You are from above and not beneath. I bless the gifts that God has given you. I call forth your potential. I bless you with wisdom to make good decisions. 
and to develop your full potential in Christ. I bless you with overflowing abundance so that you might be a blessing to others. I bless you with spiritual influence. You are the light of the world and the salt of the earth. I bless you with depths of spiritual understanding and a closer walk with your Lord. You will not stumble or fold it, for the Word of God is a light to a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. I bless you to see men and women as Jesus did and does. I bless you to see, draw out and celebrate the golden people and not the dirt. I bless you to release God in the workplace or at school. Not just to testify and celebrate good character, but also to glorify God with the excellence and the creativity of your work, no matter whether you're in, the, in business or at school or wherever you are. I bless you with good friends. I bless you with good friends. You have favour with God and with man. I declare that over your life right now. I bless you with abounding and overflowing love from which you will minister God's comforting grace to others. Oh, my brother and sister, you are blessed. You are blessed with all, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. You are so blessed. Our Father delights in you so much. He loves you so much. He means so much. You mean so much to Him. He has so many plans for you. And it's all to do with blessing and favour as you submit your life to Him. Praise His name. You are blessed. Thank you, Lord. Well, just receive it. Receive it. Oh, our Father loves you. He's proven it, hasn't He? Has He proven it? Has He proven it? Look at the cross. Look at the resurrection. Jesus is seated in heavenly places, a man in the glory. He's satisfied. The books are balanced. And we have a great credit. Good news. The books are balanced. And we've got an awesome uh, credit of blessing and spiritual blessings in our bank account. And by faith, we'll stand in that and receive and receive and receive. And we'll make withdrawal after withdrawal after withdrawal. There's plenty more. Glory to God. But He wants us to learn how to bless others too. That's why I want you to take away a book. I don't know if we've got enough for everybody, but it's a good little book to read. The awesome power of blessing. And God wants us to go out instead of speaking how bad everything is out there and listening to the news and saying, yes, this is the end times, this is that, this is the other. Start saying no. Start declaring good. People want hope. They want a future. They want blessing. They want to hear something positive. Take one of these books and let's worship the Lord. Let's praise Him. This will make the mission possible. Once we understand who we are in Christ, once we receive the Father's blessing, the mission will be possible. Amen.